Are you excited to be at church, 11 a.m.? Come on, spring forward. You made it. Spring forward is demonic. It's demonic. The Bible says the enemy comes, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he came last night to steal, kill, and destroy an hour of our lives. But I went to bed an hour early. You ain't getting that from me. I was like, the Bible says understand the wiles of the enemy, the methods. So I went to bed at 8.30. You're not getting my hour. Know that. So I'm ready to go. Come on. We probably got a little bit of the mix of the 9 a.m. in here, but so grateful, so glad you are here. It's going to be okay. I believe that God is, uh, is continuing to speak to me. One of the things that I just really enjoy about this season with the Lord is the, just the way that he's talking to me. And, and I'm, I'm really appreciating, enjoying this, this intimacy that, that I feel like I have with God in this season and trying to just hold on to that. I do have a lot of dreams, a lot of things that I want to do, but I feel like in this season of my life, there's just this intimacy that I want to have with God above all things. And so I want to uh, just be uh, just a steward of that and, and share with you what God's put on my heart today. And, and I want to encourage you that what I'm about to share with you is one of the most important revelations God has given me. And in, in past seasons, I've preached other messages, but this has been the thing that I think that carries me through every season, the tough times, the good times, and what I'm about to share with you today is what carries me through every season of my life. So I'm going to jump straight into it. If you have your Bibles, if you don't have your Bibles, share with someone. Don't be like that. Just, you know, hold it to where they can see it. But uh, we'll put it on the screen for you. Open your Bibles to Romans 8, verses 14 through 21. I'm going to preach a message called Trust Fund Babies. Trust Fund Babies. Verse 14 says this, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. I want to say that again. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. We are in the middle of revival right now. We are in the middle of an outpouring of God's spirit. I am telling you, we are. But this verse says that we don't want God to just pour out. We want God to lead out. We don't just want the spirit to pour out. We want the spirit to lead out. We don't want to just show up on Sundays and the spirit would pour out. But on Monday, we're leading ourselves or we're led by our fears, or our own selfish desires. Outpouring of God on a Sunday, God's going crazy, people get healed, oh my gosh, I felt it. Did you feel it? Yeah, I felt it, we all felt it, it feels so awesome. But on Monday, the Spirit is not leading out. It says that he wants to pour out in Acts chapter two, but in Romans, it talks about the Spirit also wants to lead out. I want the Spirit to pour out on you like nobody's business. I'm praying it happens today, but I also want him to lead you on Monday. Does that make sense? It says this is what happens. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The children of God. God has so much for you in this season of your life. I know it's been tough. I know it's been hard. I know your circumstances and your, your, your bank accounts and the rejection you've experienced would make you think that God is not on the way. But let, you, let me tell you something. This is the word of the Lord. This next 18 months to three years, God's people will be raised up like never before, raised up into businesses, raised up into finances, raised up in their faith like never before. This next three years will be like unprecedented 
beginning, what God does through the church, what God does through his sons and daughters. But he's going to do it while the Spirit leads. Leads you to who? Or leads you to what is the question. Because when I want the Spirit to lead me, I want the Spirit to lead me to all the purposes and plans that he has for me. I don't want to be missing a penny. Lord, if that's 10 cents is mine, I want it. I don't want to be lacking in anything God has for me. I don't want 50% of what God has. I don't want 75%. I don't want 99.9999. I want all. Somebody say all. all. But before he can lead you to what he has... He wants to lead you to the Father. Do you know why? Do you know what you would accomplish with your life if every moment of your life you had been raised by a supernatural father? See, we were raised by natural fathers. I had a great dad, but he was a natural father. He, he did the best he could. He even tells me, I didn't do everything right. There's some things I would have done different. God the Father doesn't wish he would ever have done anything different. God's not in heaven saying, oh, I wish back 10 years ago I'd have made a different choice. We sing, you're a good, good father, you're perfect in all your ways. God is a perfect dad. He's a supernatural dad. This is the gospel that God, before he would give you this crazy blessing and promise that you're believing for, he needs to do one thing first. He needs to change your family origin. So therefore, it doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter if your mama wasn't an actress. Doesn't matter if your dad didn't have any money. Doesn't matter if no one's ever started a business. Doesn't matter if they never graduated from college because in Christ is all things. So he actually gives you a new family origin. Yes, I know I entrusted your parents to raise you, but when you're saved, you're born again and re-raised in the presence of a supernatural father. Do you understand how powerful it is? If you did, you'd be clapping already. You're late with your clap. You're late. This is a game changer because now you become a daughter of royalty. You become a son of royalty. Now when somebody asks you on a date, ladies, it's like if you don't know the king, we can't have a coffee. I am royalty. I was raised in the presence of God. I was raised in the presence of God. You can be 40, put your faith in Christ. This is the gospel. Then God re-raises you in his presence. You have the right to live like you've never been rejected. You have the right to live like you've never been abused. You have the right to live like you've never been broke. You have the right to live like you've never been sick. You have the right to live like you've never been discouraged. You have the right to live as if you were raised by a supernatural father. Those who are the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God, first and foremost, to the Father. And then it says something crazy. The, the Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Please, as a believer, don't be afraid of God. Don't be afraid of disappointing him. There's a difference between wanting to please God and being afraid to disappoint him. Because you can do the same actions, but one person is afraid to disappoint him, another person just wants to please him. God's not disappointed in you. He, we do these things because we want to please God. It says the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. That word sonship is both male and female. You, are, you have been 
adopted. So this would suggest that the opposite of fear is not faith. The opposite of fear is adoption. I don't know if you're in this room and you've been adopted. My wife and I are believing that we're going to adopt a child sometime in the future. We have two kids born through natural childbirth of, through my, my wife, obviously, but, but I, I don't need to be a scientist to tell you that. But we didn't get to choose our kids. Now, here's the cool thing about it is I love my kids so much, I almost feel like if I would have the opportunity to choose them, I would have chose them but I didn't get to choose. Adoption, I get to choose. I get to sit down and choose. So if you've been adopted, that, that is an honor. And an even a greater honor to be adopted by the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords saying, I choose you. Gives you the spirit of adoption. The spirit of adoption. That means like the Holy Spirit, you got a spirit on you that says, I'm a son, I'm a daughter. I remember a, a few years back, I was following Diddy on Instagram and he posted, Diddy, Diddy posted his kids and they were on those hoverboards. And they were just, these kids didn't have a care in the world. Little, little King Combs, that's his Instagram name, King Combs. They were just on the hoverboards, just all, in the, just all around Diddy, just having a good old time, wasn't worried about nothing. And I'm like, how come the children of God can't be like that? Just on a hoverboard in the spirit, not having no cares in the world. Just my daddy in heaven got everything under control. Why do Diddy's kids have more confidence than God's kids? You are a son. You are a daughter. You should have confidence. There should be a spirit on you when you walk in that you are royalty. This is one of the main things the spirit is trying to do. Why? Because then it doesn't have to be about morality and good behavior. Because every son wants to be like their father. Every good son, every good daughter wants to be just like daddy. So he wants to raise you up in the presence so you can watch his ways. And so when you grow up, you can be just like him. Do you follow what I'm saying? It's one of the main things the Spirit is trying to do. And then it says, by the Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. We don't cry for a bigger house, although those things are amazing. We don't cry for a Tesla, although that's amazing. We cry for Abba, Father. We cry out for God. So the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are God's children, then we are heirs. Woo! Trust fund babies. We are heirs to all that God has access to. We are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Did you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? If you are a child of God, you are heirs. Heirs. Why do you think the Bible says he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords? Who is he talking about? King of who? You and me. We are royalty. And if we are royalty, then we are heirs, which what gives us access to the inheritance that God has for us? We're about to read in, in, in the next verse. Anybody got a set of car keys? It says here, you want access to what God has for you? Here is the key. And it's called suffering. How many people want to throw this key on the ground real quick? <laughs> it's called suffering. The reason why is because I, I got to make sure you can go through some things so you can handle what's behind this door 
that your ability to carry a burden prepares you for the blessing that's behind the door. So you know why? Because if the blessing is, if the burden's too heavy, so is the blessing. It, it, and I would go as far to say that the burden is lighter than the blessing. So if you are bowing under the weight of the burden, you will crumble under the weight of the blessing. You ever see the TV show where they interview these people who have gotten success? They never say, I grew up in a four-bedroom house. Both my parents were perfect. It was awesome. They paid for me to go to college. Graduated from college. Lived in a dorm room with a Christian. They led me to the Lord, and everything was perfect after that. Then after that, I, my bills were all paid. Everything was great. I got in shape, worked out, and ta-da! <laughs> I remember I was watching this HBO documentary with Beyonce. I forget what it was called, but it was Beyonce, so who cares? B, you know? <laughs> And they asked her, if there's one thing you would want your fans to know, what would it be? She started crying. I said, I want them to know everything it costs me to be here. That's what she said. He says, you can, you can, you're a trust fund, baby. You got some things on the way. But if I, why do you think trust funds don't get to kids? Sometimes there's all these stipulations. They got to be a certain age. They might need to be married. They might need to gra graduate from college. Shaq said this about his kids. If you ain't got no degrees, you can't have my cheese. There's just something. There's, he did say that, and I quote. Because he, as a good dad, knows if he gives a certain amount of blessing too early, they haven't carried a burden yet. They don't know what it's like to stay up all night and study for a test. They don't have any burdens in it. They'll never carry the burden. The blessing will break them. The blessing will break them. People are, more people in the world right now, listen to me, church, more people right now are breaking under the weight of blessings than are breaking under the weight of burdens. I talk to them. And so God's saying, no, you got to go through some things to get to some things. You got to go through some things to get to some things. I am preaching louder than you are clapping. I'm telling you that right now. Look what Paul says. He says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. He's literally saying, you want to know how much I have for you? Pay attention to how much you're going through. That's how you can measure it. And, and what I do for you is not going to compare what the enemy's trying to do to you in this season. It doesn't even compare. The glory that will be revealed later is so much greater than the suffering you go through now. It says it, 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 will, it will be nothing in comparison. And then it says, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. A bunny rabbit is saying, when are the sons and daughters of God going to rise? A penguin is like, when you gonna have some faith? Because, <laughs> do you understand? I'm telling you, it says all of creation waits for the children to be revealed. Why? Get this, for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage. So creation is in bondage if you are. What God created 
is in bondage if you are. And creation gets liberated when you get liberated. Do you know that God has created a plan and a purpose for you, but it's locked up because you're locked up. And when you get free, it gets free. We keep believing God for it, but I feel like the Lord sent me to tell you, when you get free, it gets free. Every purpose, every plan, every blessing, it's locked up because you're locked up. And when you get free, it gets free. I don't know what your it is. It might be marriage. It might be family. It might be promotion. But when you get free, it gets free. Right now, you want to free up every plan, every blessing, every ounce of favor over your life? Then you get free, it gets free. All of creation is waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. All of creation, everything God created. And this is why we get stuck because sometimes we worship what God created instead of the creator. God's going to free some stuff up. And here's the thing. I know this sermon is going to get somebody free. It's going to take the chains fall. You know when we sing these songs, fear bow, chains fall. When chains fall off you, they fall off your purpose. When chains fall off you, they fall off the husband or the, the, the wife that God has for you. When chains fall off you, they fall off what God created. I'm telling you right now, a free person can free another thing or another person. Even when you're on an airplane. They tell you to put on your oxygen mask first. Put on your fur. You, if you can't breathe, you can't help somebody else breathe. <laughs> Some point you being on the plane like, <laughs> and trying to put an oxygen mask on somebody else. <laughs> Some point of you. That's how we walk through life. <laughs> God, when you, you ain't gonna bless me. <laughs> no, hold on, man. <laughs> Let's get you together first. Let's get you together first. I got some things on the way, but you choking and can't breathe with a burden. You, oh, you can't. The blessing is heavier. The blessing is harder to carry. It says all of creation awaits for the children of God to be revealed. I remember one time I was 17 years old. This was in 1994, so I just turned 42. I was 17 years old, and my cousin convinced me that she could get me into this nightclub even though I was underage. So she gave me a fake ID, and right away I, got, I was concerned because the dude on the fake ID was light-skinned. <laughs> and I was like, this, this brother was caramel, and I was looking like a quarter to midnight. And uh, just really didn't make a lot of sense. He had, on a, he had a mustache. I had on peach fuzz. It just, but I trusted her, and she just really wanted to go, and I had the car, and she was staying with us, and so she tricked me to drive her to the club. And so we get into this club. I got the fake ID. I'm trying to dress a little older. And as soon as I get to the bouncer, he could tell how young I was. Because he just looked at me like, looked at the ID, could tell that whoever this was wasn't me. And he said, this is not you. You're not getting in here. And so then my cousin was in line before me, so she had already went inside. I thought she was going to come out and get me. But she stayed in the club for three and a half hours and turned all the way up and left me in the car by myself. And so I'm looking at this little window. There was this window where you could see what was going on in the club. And to make it worse, this was 1994. The DJ played my favorite song, Juicy by Biggie. I'm on the outside. 
And, he, and, and the DJ's playing his song. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up Magazine, Salt, Pepper, and Heaven. And the adult, adult, adult. Ugh. And I'm like, wow, like this is, I'm missing out. And she starts singing. My cousin, I can see her through the window. She starts singing, you know very well who you are. Don't let them hold. That should be a worship song, by the way. Reach for the star. I mean, for the Lord. And I'm on the outside of the club trying to sing along. You've had a few, but not that many. You're the only one. Discouraged. Singing outside. See, I wasn't old enough to get in there, so it left me singing outside because I wasn't old enough and mature enough to go in there, so I, I was left singing outside. And if we're not careful, we spend our lives singing outside. Singing outside God's perfect will, singing outside God's perfect plan, singing outside God. We come to church and we worship, we sing along, but we're singing outside because there's some things that God is trying to show us. There's some things the Father's trying to do so we can sing along, not sing outside. And I want to tell you, some of us, like myself, have been praying for God to show up and God's saying, I have shown up. I show up to help you grow up so you are ready for what I have for you. The Lord sent me to tell you, you are a trust fund baby. And trust funds are released 99% of the time to people who can be trusted. They're laid up in a trust while people can build trust because they need to grow up. I want to read you a passage of scripture. Galatians 3 verses 29 through, uh, 23 to 29 say this. Listen to this verse. Before the coming of faith... We were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law, all the rules, was our guardian. Literally, God sent the law to be a babysitter. Until when? Until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. We don't need a babysitter we don't need people to tell us what to do. We're no longer under a guardian because in Christ Jesus, it says you are all children of God through faith. So all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Don't just do you. God's not trying to have you be yourself. You got to clothe yourself with Christ. If you want all that God has for you, you need to be dressed for the occasion. Clothe yourself with Christ. Clothe yourself with Christ. And then it says there's neither Jew or Gentile. Race will never be able to stop a move of God. Don't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian. Once you're in Christ and God gives a word, people can be racist all they want to. I pray that the injustices of this country will stop. I pray for equality. But let me tell you something. You don't need equality for God's word to be fulfilled. If God says you're going to do it, you can do that. You can have some crazy, wild African cultural name and you still getting the job because God said the job is yours. You can be whatever color you want to be white black brown it doesn't even matter when God says it he's gonna do it and every knee will bow every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord I pray for these things to change for the generation that's coming after me. But let me tell you something. Nobody can stop the will of God from my life. Nobody can stop. They can try to stop it all they want to. Let me tell you something. One of the worst things that could happen to a person who's trying to stop me is trying to stop me. Because God will move them. Move them out of the way so I can get 
what God has for me. I just need to grow up. Since in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized in the Christ Jesus have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew or Gentile, neither slave nor free. No, there is male and female. God, that's why God is raising up females in this movement. Because they've been kept down for too long. They're being raised up. Then when I move, there ain't no male or female. I move. I move. It, that stuff don't matter. When I move, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now it goes to Galatians 4, where it says, What I'm saying is as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The problem is not that you don't have it. The problem is we're underage. We got to grow up. It's a trust fund. We got to be trusted. God loves us, but sometimes he wants to know, can he trust us? Loves us and trust us isn't the same thing. It says the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. Literally, the Bible says, it's like a trust fund. Can I give you the definition of a trust fund? It says a trust is a three-party fiduciary relationship in which the first party, the truster, God, transfers a property, often, often but not necessarily a sum of money, upon the second party, the trustee. I believe God's been speaking to me that the trust, the, the trustor is God. The trustee is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's better if I go. If I don't go, the Holy Spirit will not come. And he will lead you into all truth. The truth of, your, of his will, the truth of your purpose, he'll lead you. If you let him, he will lead you into all that I have for you. Jesus, the Holy Spirit is so fire. Jesus said, I can sit down. The Holy Spirit has come. So the trustor entrusted our purpose and calling to the trustee, excuse me, the, 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 the trustee for the beneficiary, you and me. The children of God are the beneficiary. Now what happens with a trust fund, right? It gets released when we're babies, babies in the faith, just still trying to figure it out, still trying to figure it out. But, 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 but we get put in an environment where we can grow up so we are ready to receive all that God has for us. All that God has for us. So I want to encourage you, if you don't have it yet, is there an area you still need to grow up? It's an area that maybe growing up is you got too much faith and you ain't working. Maybe that's one area. You got to have faith that that pen will have some ink for that job application. That's where your faith need to be, that that pen won't run out of ink as you fill out all them job applications. Your computer won't crash as you submit your resume. That's where your faith needs, might need to be. So I don't know what it is, but I, I, what I'm doing right now is if I don't have something that God has for me, I'm checking, am I, am I praying for God to show up and I need to grow up? That's what I've been checking. Here are three areas I've noticed where, where the church needs to, to, to grow up. The, 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 and I, I have dealt with all three of these areas. So I'm not saying this as like I'm better than you. I struggle in these areas. 
and I've seen these struggles, and the first area is offense. I'm surprised at how nice I got to write an email to Christians so they don't get mad. I got to do the like little email sandwich, you know, where the bread is like you say something nice, then you, the correction sandwich where I got to say something nice. Hey, Jim, um, hope you're doing well. God bless you. You're awesome. Hey, could you try not being late to work or whatever? And then I got to say, and by the way, how are the kids? I got to make a sandwich. Like I just, there's so much offense in the church and people who claim to be believers are so offended. I've had people come up to me and, and, and tell me that they don't know where their family would be without me and my leadership. And then nine months later, they're gone and I haven't seen them in two months. And when I finally catch up to them, I say, what happened? They're like, I walked past you at church on a Sunday. I said hi to you and you walk right past me and didn't say a word. Like, I'm so sorry I didn't see you. I want to love everybody, but I'm like, man, like this offense thing is a problem. <laughs> and here's what happens if, if you're, 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 you're always living and walking in offense, always living and walking in offense to your husband, not just your pastor, your husband, your wife, people, your job, just always offended. Somebody's always doing you wrong. Here's what happens. It's like this, this thing right here. And you just sit in your own little world of offense. You know, I'm just so sick of the church. It's like so full of hypocrites. The bar is too, but you keep going there. You know, my wife, I just don't feel like she listens to me. She understands me. My husband, like he just... Oh my gosh, I don't even want to talk about him. <laughs> and my boss, like, do you know I've been working there for five years and they gave the promotion to someone who's been there for two years? Oh my gosh. So crazy. So understand. Oh, and then I got an email. Then I sent my pastor an email. They didn't even email me back. It's been like five hours. <laughs> and when you live in a fence, Offense puts a fence around you and you can't get to your calling and purpose. And we keep praying for God to bring the promise to the playpen. And we're frustrated because he won't. God's not bringing the promise to the playpen. He's calling you out of the playpen offense of offense and grow up, grow up so you can get what God has for you. I bind offense in this church in the name of Jesus. I bind it in your life. Right now at the end of this sermon, you're going to call your dad. You're going to call your, your husband. You're going to call your wife. You're going to call whoever it is you are offended with. You're going to call some people who you have offended. And you are going to settle it right now in Jesus' name. Offense is bound in this church from this day forward. Another area I've seen that we got to grow up as we got to grow up in the word. We got to grow up in the word. And I understand that you don't, you're, you're too busy. I get it. You know, but Sunday's not going to cut it. The Bible says that we are fed with the word of God. If you only ate on Sundays, can you imagine how malnourished you would be? Look at this. Sometimes we, we, in the word, 
the Bible says that we need to get on solid food. You know you feed a baby like baby food because they can't handle solid food. And so it says in Hebrews 5, verse 12 through 14, in fact, though by this time you should be able to do what I, you should be able to teach the word, it says you need someone to teach you the elementary truth of God's word over and over again. It says you need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milks, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves. So they're just using the, they're using the word. The meat of the word is you do what the word says. When you're still on food that's not solid, you hear it, but you don't do it. And it's like this. It's like, all right, well, forgiveness? Yum, not going to do it, but it's great. <laughs> Generosity? Tastes pretty good. No. Nope. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Pray for people. Pray for my enemies. Love my enemies. I don't even want it. It's like baby when they don't like something, they spit something out they don't like. God said you keep praying for promises, but you keep spitting up the word. I got to raise you up. I am preaching good, better than they clapping. Thank you for saying that. I need some encouragement. I'm still on baby food when it comes to encouragement. Jeez. We got to grow up in the word. You want to hear the third thing I've seen? We got to grow up in this area. Doing things in your own strength. Ooh. My Bible says, not by your own strength, not by your own might, but by the Spirit of God. There are so many tired, exhausted. You know, you can't, if you're too tired because you're doing a burden in your own strength, you're too exhausted. See, the enemy wants you to carry the burden in your own strength. So by the time the blessing comes, you're too tired to carry that. Blessings will wear you out. You trying to be blessed? You got a wife and two kids and a church to manage and they springing forward and all this stuff? You just exhausted. <laughs> just when I feel like I get rest, you spring something forward on me and I, now I got to get out of bed, lose an hour of sleep. Man, it's not easy to do the will of God. It's so dangerous to do it in your own strength. Don't do it in your own strength. God wants to give you strength by his spirit. By his spirit, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what that means? It means Christ is leading. It's not God has your back while you do all the work and you grind it out and stress out. I can do all things through Christ. I don't need an open door. Because if I'm doing it through Christ, Christ got the door open before I even got, I can do all things through Christ. Not God is with me so I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ. See, some of us, God is with us, but he's saying, will you do it through me, through my strength, through my favor, through what I give you? Your strength is not enough for this blessing. You got to do it through me. I want to read you. One final verse. This is why we are talking about you being a trust fund baby, raised up in the presence of God. 
raised up in the presence of God. This is the gospel. God wants to raise you. God blesses you, yes, but he wants to raise you up. He wants to give you things that are beyond your wildest dreams. I want to read this verse to you, Romans 1, 1 through 4. It says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the holy scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David. And get this, who through the spirit of holiness was appointed a son, a daughter. He was appointed a son, but, but through the spirit of holiness, the Holy Spirit comes and falls. We're praying for an outpouring. We're believing for an outpouring. But the outpouring is that the Holy Spirit would fall and let you know who you are. You are a son. You are a daughter. And now the son and the daughter can walk in blessings like never before. I want you to stand to your feet. About nine months ago, I went to a Dodger game. And I, I forget who I was with, but I leaned over and I said, you know what I would love if God did? I didn't even ask for it. So you know what I would love if God did? I would love if by the end of my ministry career, whatever you call it, I would be the chaplain of an LA sports team. I love sports, but I would love to be the chaplain of an LA sports team. That's all that I said, I forgot about it. Nine months later, I got a direct message on my Instagram. The vice president of community relations of the Los Angeles Clippers slid into my DMs and said, I want your business contact number. I thought that she was going to ask me or give me free tickets for the youth or something. I'm like, I'm still young. I'm getting them free tickets. Know that. But literally she said, hey, um, our team chaplain resigned, so we've been having some guest chaplains to the end of the season so we can figure something out. So would you, I, I was watching on YouTube and, and saw your sermon. And the first thing I thought of was like, do you go to church? Do you go to Oasis? She's like, no, I don't go to Oasis. Do you know anybody? Did I get, did someone refer? No, I literally was just searching around on YouTube. And I said, well, most of my YouTube views have like no more than 900 or 700 because y'all don't watch them. You know, you just like, <laughs> Just let me pour out my heart to you every single Sunday and then watch Bishop T.D. Jakes and just all kind of other people. I ain't watching my sermon at all, but their views is 100,000, and I could be making some ad money and getting some subscribers so I could put my kids through college, but y'all like watching the, I'm sorry, hold on. That's not the point of the story. It's not the point of the story. The point of the story is, she said, can you do it this Thursday? And I know through your sermons you're a Laker fan, so they actually play the Lakers this Thursday. Can you do it this Thursday? And I said no, because I had a prior commitment that wasn't as big as the thing she was asking me to do. And in that moment, I knew that God was trying to test me, because would I say no to what I deemed the lower commitment, but I'd already given my word, and would I go back and lie to him and said I can't come so I can do something that makes me happy? So I said no. And I'm, I felt like I was gonna miss an opportunity. She calls me back a couple days later and says, can you do the game versus the Phoenix Suns? I said, the Phoenix Suns, that's beneath my anointing. <laughs> How many games they won? Like, I don't spend way too much time with God to be the chaplain of the Phoenix Suns. That was my flesh. So I did it. And then after the game, she comes up to me and she says, 
hey, honestly, the only reason we've been having guest chaplains is because we're looking for a new team chaplain. And I don't know what you said to those players, but would you like to be the team chaplain of the Los Angeles Clippers? How amazing is that? So I'm like praying for some of my favorite basketball players because the other teams get to go in nine months. I thought I would have had to obey God for 10 years for him to do something like that. But God is so gracious, sometimes he'll give you the fruit of your intentions. Now I want you to catch this because I know what you're thinking. That means you don't have to do nothing. For babies, God needs to see you obey. For babies, you got to obey to get it. For mature adults, you obey to keep it. You see the difference? God gave it to me early. Now I got to obey if I want to hold on to what God gave me. I ain't got to wait 10 years because I, I obey God to keep what he, he gives it to me in advance. It's like a credit score. God knows I can trust you. When you go buy a car or a house, they run your credit because they want to know, can they trust you? And they'll give you something before you pay it off because they know that every single month you'll pay on time. That God is doing this in this season. He's giving stuff to people in advance because he knows you'll never never stop praying. He knows you'll never stop being in the word. He knows you'll never stop believing. He knows you'll never be offended. He knows you'll never get out of the word. He knows you'll never stop taking care of your kids. He knows you won't walk out on your marriage and you got to obey if you want to keep it. I know there's about a hundred people to a hundred trust fund babies that want to lift a praise to God and say, God, in this season, I'm not just praying for you to show up. I'm praying you would help me grow up in the name of Jesus somebody give him a shout of praise I want you to lift your hands to the heavens the worship team is gonna sing something you over the Holy Spirit is gonna fall on you right now not just to give you some experiential moment with the Lord, but to show you, you are a son, you are a daughter. Somebody in here is living in sin and you think you're disappointed in God. Stop living like a slave. You are a daughter of the king. You are a son of the king. God's given somebody some identity. I didn't get in that club because I had a fake ID. And some of you aren't getting into promises and blessings because not because of your sin. Jesus took away that sin, but because your sin and the things you do are a fake ID. The Spirit of the Lord has sent me to the 11 a.m. service to tell you those things aren't you. It's not that God is mad. It's not that God is disappointed. But those things you keep doing every weekend, that is not you. That's a fake ID. You're not getting in this promise with a fake ID. You're not getting this favor with a fake ID. I'm getting ready to show you who you are.